Trish and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. The mystical underground is a place where the weird and the wonderful flourish, where ideas that are contrary to mainstream materialistic science are explored and the mundane daily world takes a backseat. You can go to our website, phenomena111.com, to find out about our nonfiction books, including the most recent one, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. And you can also visit blog.synchrosecrets.com, where we create regular posts. Today we have two special guests, Bill Holman, who is the caretaker of the famed Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull, and Carol Wilson, who is a psychic medium who has worked with the skull over the years and received information from it, and hopefully we'll be able to tune in to today. And interrogate the skull. <laughs> so Bill is a martial arts master, and uh, it was through a local martial arts guy who knew I had written a series of Indiana Jones novels that I was introduced to Bill years ago. I believe it was uh, 2012, right after the Indiana Jones movie Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. So I had uh, nothing to do with that movie, though many years ago I had written a novel called Crystal Skull, and that had led me to working with Lucasfilm on the Indiana Jones series. So for years, Bill and I exchanged emails uh, from time to time, always talking about getting together and introducing me to the fascinating and mysterious skull, which was actually a character in my novel, Crystal Skull, and which was a mystery that dealt with the reunion of two ancient crystal skulls and uh, related life and death scenarios of the stories uh, related to the story's hero, Nicholas Pierce. Then last summer, Bill was in South Florida for an event at a bookstore, and we arranged to have a gathering at the house inviting friends. We had a potluck dinner, then Bill introduced us to the skull, and everyone had a chance to sit with the skull in meditation. Now, this was also the night before Hurricane Dorian, was supposed to hit Florida, but it had stalled off the coast. And we'll take that up during the... <laughs> yeah. I also want to mention that after I wrote Crystal Skull, the novel, a psychic told me that that skull that was featured on the cover of the book, which was the Mitchell Hedges skull, uh, uh, and was in possession of Anna Mitchell Hedges, uh, would be coming to me. And she, uh, Anna had found it in a Mayan ruined of uh, Lubantan, Honduras, I think on her 16th birthday. So I wondered uh, at that time, if, uh, as after the psychic said that, if I should contact Anna or tell her about my novel and see what happened, maybe visit her. But I never did anything. I never did it. Yet the skull eventually did come to me when Bill Holman brought it to our house for the event. So <laughs> uh, prediction fulfilled. But Bill and Carol, welcome to the Mystical Underground. We've Very glad here. to be here, and I really I enjoy your work and what you've done, and uh, it's exciting uh, exciting to be a part of it. So thank you very much. Great. And Carol, thank you for joining us, too. Thank you. Before we get into talking about the skull, how have you been to 
been doing uh, regarding the virus, since that's the, the topic that's on everyone's mind these days. <laughs> uh, I know, Bill, you've been leading a very adventurous life, traveling overseas and many adventures. So I have to ask, uh, you know, that I'm sure that has affected your life in some way. Well, it's, well, it has, but I think it's a really good thing for everyone because everyone has been such a hurry all the time, going here, going there, and they don't really take time for life. And with this kind of a forced thing on us, people are spending time with their families. People are spending time uh, with uh, uh, reading books and learning about themselves. And, and it's kind of a time to go inside. So uh, is this a bad time? I think it's, it's a very necessary time because there's so much going to happen in the near future that we need this refresh and recharge to get ready for it. And so I'm excited for what's coming and I'm, I'm ready for something, a new adventure. What's your perspective, Carol? Um, <laughs> very different. <laughs> I, um, I was away. I was in uh, Arm Desert actually. And, uh, Hearing about the virus, um, I have a medical background as well, and I said, uh, wait a minute, um, This, the first thing I heard was masks won't save you, and I thought, hmm, that's yeah. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, we, we came home, and uh, I'm fine, uh, spending time at home and um, reading. Um, I hope that you are both well down in Florida. Yeah. So, uh, my idea of, of what is happening in the world, I, it's very different because I got the information from the skull. So, wow. What did it say? It might be a little political. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll share That's okay. with you. Um, I need to back it up a little bit, and I'll be quick with this. Last uh, was it last year, Bill? We were we decided that um, it was time to maybe bring out another book. Now I have to tell you that when we wrote the book, or when the book was written, I should say, um, three of us published it for eight dollars. <laughs> wow, wow! And the highest I have seen it on the internet is twenty five hundred. And I didn't know. I, I had no idea until a friend of mine said, I guess you're traveling all, all over the world. And I said, what do you mean? He said, with, with all that money. I said, what money? <laughs> you don't get that money. <laughs> and I said, no. And uh, consequently looked it up and was shocked, uh, outraged, and uh, just puzzled. Now, what happened after I wrote, after we published this book is the whole world exploded into a crystal skull cult. And I said, mm. this is not for me. This, this wasn't the intention of the book. Uh, the intention was here is this artifact that needs to be investigated and can help humanity. But instead of that, it became a crazy thing until mm. somebody enlightened me and said, you know, Carol, the best way to hide the original is to make a million copies. And apparently that's a saying somewhere. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay. So Bill contacted me and he said, uh, about time to dig you out of there. <laughs> we, need to, we need to write another book. What do you think? I said, well, yeah, I'd 
maybe, maybe so. So we went to Arizona and we did some sessions uh, with the skull. And the first important message it wanted to give us uh, was the fact, and it had said this before over the years, that we do not understand that on our planet, we are not, quote, all human beings. Mm -hmm. There are many life forces working and living on your planet that are of different, um, probably from different galaxies, or etc. But we class them all as human beings. And that's why our planet is in such an uproar. And until we recognize this fact and we find a way to treat them or treat people differently, um, it will continue to be in an uproar. Hmm. So I sort of upset a bit, a bit about that. And I said, well, offer some proof. And uh, after much digging, it came up with the word psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I thought, well... Really? Then I was introduced by somebody to help with some children who, these are little children who were basically what we would term evil. And that they, they had beautiful parents, they came from different home backgrounds, and yet <clears throat> they exhibited horrendous things that you would never dream a child would do. And more and more I worked with these children so I said to the skull, what, you know, how do we help? What do we do? And it told the story that these individuals are lacking a link to their spirit self, hmm. which is wow. the program, uh, which is the search engine, if you liken it to a computer. Hmm. And the spirit is not connected to the soul, which is the program, which is why we're here. Hmm. And many of us uh, have that link but many of us don't. From They are from different worlds, different understandings. I said, well, how do they get here? <laughs> and the answer was crystals. And I really? thought, how stupid is that? You know, that, <laughs> that's my mind. It, constantly I'm in conflict with what the skull says. And uh, then about a year ago, if that, um, science told us, well, there are these millions of tiny pieces of crystals floating through our atmosphere. And I thought, whoa. And I, hmm. so I asked the skull, well, where does it sit with these? And the word was, I think, I believe the pineal gland. Huh. So now we do some brain scans and we find, lo and behold, there are differences. Huh. But in the pineal glands of the children and mm -hmm. other people? And, and yeah, and, and to various... I mean, then I only have it, I only did some work with a few children, but if we took humanity and those that are in prisons and those that uh -huh. commit these awful crimes and and they work their way up the ladder, you know, it's, there's, uh, there's a lot of very important people. <laughs> so um, anyway, they, they said um, this this is one of the main differences that you have to understand and work with on your planet so i well, said okay bill <laughs> well okay well i just uh what it is is very like narcissistic type of thing where they don't have the connection or empathy between people they when they don't have a connection between the soul and spirit 
the only way they can get power on the planet is by uh, destruction. And so wow. uh, the ones that have the connection we are the creators. They are the creators. We are creator gods. We can create anything. You think about it, the next day, oh, it's right in front of you. Somebody calls you, you want to call it. You're creating this because we create uh -huh. everything in our world. But the ones that don't have that connection, the only way they do it is they get, they usually like latching hold of someone that is a creator, and they it's like a uh, a grape. They suck everything out of them until there's nothing left, and they go on. So Jeez. that's the thing is, it's uh, well, it happens in small and big things. But just the skull saying being aware of it, so you know where how to treat people. You can't treat everybody the same. So if uh, you know if you're working with people that have the connection, then you can open your heart. But if it's like uh, if the only way they get power is uh, throwing people into fear, mm -hmm. uh, fear is a way of controlling the uh, the people that are connected to their spirit and soul because their consciousness goes into fear and then they are uh, they're at, at their mercy. So mm -hmm. what you as uh, as higher beings, you want to get yourself into a balance. And then instead of looking at all the bad stuff, like right now, oh, mm -hmm. we got coronavirus, we got 5G, we got all this stuff, is concentrate on good things and concentrate forward. And and that's what can make the change. Hmm. The, skull, okay. the skull said we can do it now if we put our minds together and be uh, creating positive things forward. We can change the world. And Hey, I'm ready for changing the world. Yeah. We need Boy, it. me too. Yeah, so yeah. Bill, we're, I guess we just really jumped right into it by mentioning the virus. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the beginning, though. Tell us how you met Anna Mitchell-Hedges and ended up uh, being the guardian of the skull. I mean, there's probably people listening who don't know your story. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, do they know the story, how, where the skull came from? Should I tell a little bit yeah, about go, that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just summarize. Okay. Sure. okay. What it is is uh, F.A. Mitchell-Hedges was an explorer-adventurer. Uh, he was an archaeologist, and uh, he was seeking for a connection between Atlantis and the Mayas. And he heard about this last city down in, which was British Honduras at the time, that uh, could have been, he thought it was the White City. The White City is a city that supposedly has this real strong connection with Atlantis. And so mm -hmm. he wanted to find that. And he heard about a city was buried deep in the jungle down by Punta Gorda in southern uh, well, uh, British Honduras, Southern uh, Belize, uh, right? Belize, right. Mm -hmm. So uh, he started an expedition, and he was able to find this this city, and he was able to uncover it with seven pyramids and uh, ball courts and spiritual centers and everything. And on the tallest one, it was said that if you went to the top, you could see all the way to the ocean. And so he was up there. Uh, he was he knew about it, but his daughter was told never to go out up there. It was dangerous. The rocks moved, there's snakes and different things. But she was an adventurer too, and she snuck up there when they were taking a siesta in the in the <laughs> middle of the day. Because oh no everybody was no one was around. So she went up there with a few Mayan kids and they were up there looking for the ocean and the sun moved behind clouds and it came out and it went right through the rocks that had moved and there was a big bright light inside the the pyramid and she ran down and told her dad and there she was in big trouble but uh, he, he thought there must be something there so he he got all the men the next day and they slowly opened it 
because if they started them open it, it would start collapsing. So they got a hole small enough for a small person, and guess who they chose? They chose Anna, and they tied a rope around her and lowered into this pyramid. Wow. And it had been. Was she? she was what was uh this was her 17th birthday it was wow. january 1st 1924 and she went down there and she felt around and she found something she put it in her shirt and they pulled on the rope they brought her back out and when she opened her shirt the natives just started crying and kissing the ground and mitchell hedges was so in shock that he, <laughs> he, you know it was nothing like that had ever happened you know so he presented it to the high priest who took it and put it in an altar and they burnt fires around it for 24 hours a day and people would come from all over to see it. And uh, it stayed there for three years till they were, had to leave and they were done at the site. And the high priest presented it back to him in 1927. Hmm. So it, uh, it's a very special, special thing. And the, <laughs> the, the natives have great love and respect for it. They call it the Holy Skull. Huh. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Mitchell Hedges was also working for the British Secret Service. And the fact is, down there at the time, when the Nazis were looking for special artifacts of power, mm -hmm. he, and they were working at the same time, working for you know for their government and their government. So that made it kind of exciting. It sounds a little bit like Indiana Jones to me, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really it, does. It does, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, so it's... Uh, but, uh, he had it till he passed away in 1959. In 1959, uh -huh. it went to his adopted daughter, Anna, and she had it till she passed away in 2007. Now, how did I come into the picture is, well, I was in the service, and I was down in Panama, and he spent a lot of time there, uh, you know, fishing off the coast because he loved uh, uh, big game fish. And so I uh, was at this little island off the coast of uh, Panama called Taboga. And I met the lady that owned the little hotel there, and she told me stories about Mitchell Hedges and Anna coming there uh, and parking their boat in the in the bay and and getting supplies and about the fishing and all the different things and about the skull. And it kind of, uh, I mean, it, that's the first time I heard it, so I was really, it uh, started, you know, I love adventure, so that got my got my ideas going. And then uh, there was another story I, I heard while I was there about Mitchell Hedges being called to the Panama Canal because it was completely blocked for like several weeks. They couldn't get ships in or out because this huge octopus had, had uh, stopped the thing. It, it had to be really big, but mm. he was able to harpoon it and they chopped it up with uh, saws and they pulled it mm. out to sea with tugboats and opened the thing. God. So I, I heard that story too. And uh, I said, well, you know, I was uh, at the time we were going back, uh, in the jungles looking for the different things and artifacts. And, and, uh, I just have that, uh, desire. And then when I heard about his life and heard about Anna, I got out of the service and I, uh, had somebody give me her, her number. And that was in like 1978. And I called up there and told her I was interested because I'd always wanted to see the skull. And she invited me up like she knew me forever. And hmm. so I went up there and for the next so many years, uh, I would different times would go up there. And then if they, she was showing the skull, I would be there and help her and stuff. Wait, where and was she at the time? She was in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. And then uh, I was, uh, so then I would, uh, I was there. And then she, uh, her secretary, Cynthia, passed away in 1989. And she moved back to Canada or from Canada to England and stayed there for like a year and a half. 
then she moved back to uh, Canada. Now here's, she takes a four bedroom house. She moves everything to, to England, buys another house. She <laughs> sells it, takes her four bedroom house, moves it back to Canada, buys mm -hmm. another house. And then uh, she was uh, not really feeling good. I said, hey, come to Indiana. So she moved everything down and stayed wow. with me for almost over a little over two years. And then uh, she moved back to Canada, bought a house, sold it, moved to England, bought a house. <laughs> and by the time that she got back and bought another house in Canada, uh, that was like 1999. Uh -huh. And then I would, you know, we were always in contact and she was not doing very well and there was no one really around. So I said, OK, come back to Indiana. I'll get you feeling good and we'll have some more adventures because uh, she's taught me. And one of the things she taught me is always keep a suitcase packed. <laughs> right. That's good advice. Yeah, so you're always ready to go with when uh, she was even at her age, uh, she was the most uh, unusual and special person you ever want to meet because she would make you feel like you knew her all your life, and she's the nicest person in the world. But I, Carol, will tell you nobody ever goes against Sammy. She she was the, the <laughs> toughest, the toughest. Well, she could be probably the real Indiana Jones. I, uh -huh. I always tell people. The real Indiana Jones was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like that. So, so, so she died April 11th, 2001, and that was on no, your birthday, two, right? 2007. Yeah. 2007. Okay. So she moved up to Indiana around 2000 and, and spent like eight years training me on how to take care of it and what to wow. do. And when she passed, she passed it to me. And with the thing that I carry on, what she did and what she you know, wanted to seen done with the skull as far as letting people see it and, and spreading it. Because according to the legend, the skulls come out at a time when the world needs help. Mm. And uh, We definitely think, need that now. <laughs> we definitely need it now. So, yeah. Did she, can, pardon? did she tell you anything special about the skull before she died uh, when she passed it on to you? Oh, yeah. She taught me uh, a lot of the secrets of the skull, you know, that she mm -hmm. trained me. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, I carry on this. And when I go out and, and work with the public with it, I always feel her and her father watching me. And I always feel like, hey, I better be, I better do a good job or I'm going to be in big trouble. So, wow. so far, so far she's smiling. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> so, now, Carol, but, what about your experiences with the skull? And meeting this. And yeah, meeting it and meeting Bill. <laughs> um, well, um, in 19... Late 1970s, I think, um, I was doing, I met, uh, <laughs> I was working at a spiritualist church, I think, I don't, and a couple of people came up to me and said, oh, would you like to see uh, the crystal skull? And I said, uh, no, thank you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> um, you. I was also working with law enforcement, and, and in the medical profession, I'd seen enough skulls. <laughs> and I sort of thought, well, I wonder what these, you know, these are weird people. Anyway, they went away, and a few weeks later, three of them came up and said, are you sure you don't want to see the Christmas skull? And I said, no, thank you. I'm, no, no, it's not, not my interest. And I'm, when I go away, I think these people are into something really weird, you know, skulls and what, whatever. So um, doing this work, you meet a lot of strange people. <laughs> I said, uh, so next, uh, the next time there were four of them. 
Only this time they had found the right words. And they said, well, it's a shame you don't want to see that this book does. Um, it's an archaeology find and no one can tell how old it is because it's crystal. And maybe you could find out. And I said, oh, an archaeology find? <laughs> that, that changed it. <laughs> and they said, okay, well, we'll, we'll take you to see it because we know the lady that owns it. So we take a two-hour drive in a snowstorm, and I'm just getting out of the car, literally one foot out, and they said, oh, by the way, don't say anything psychic, because the lady that owns it had a real bad time with some psychic. <laughs> okay, what am I doing here? I wanted to get back in the car. Anyway, we opened the door, and this charming lady, English lady, speaking with a French accent, said, Oh, you're English. And I said, uh, yes, actually. And she said, I don't see many English people. And I said, well, actually, I'm Welsh. And from behind <laughs> her came a voice that said, that's even better. And that was her secretary, <laughs> Cynthia, who was Welsh. So I was in. That was <laughs> funny. <laughs> and I, uh, so we, we went into the front door and the, the skull sat right across from the front door on the table. And I looked at it and I thought, well, it's it's a beautiful object, but uh, it didn't really do anything for me. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, <laughs> now so what? And we visited and we had tea and we did. And uh, Anna was, Sammy as we call her, was the greatest lady for entertaining. She made you feel welcome. Uh, over the years, hundreds of, probably thousands of people. And um so we talked about England and all that stuff. And then she said, oh, and I was thinking, we're going home now, and that's fine. <laughs> she said, you came to see the skull, didn't you? And I said, I, <laughs> she put it on a small table in front of us. I was sitting on a Chesterfield and these other people. So we had sort of a, a circle, and uh, they started. And, you know, there's a, these strange people that say, oh, did you see that? <laughs> Do you see that? Oh, look at that face. Do you see that person? And I'm thinking, hello, this is the other <laughs> And they kept saying, Carol, do you see, you must see this. Uh, mm. So you always know when I disagree or don't want to be involved, I go, uh-huh, mm. <laughs> And I'm saying, mm, ah. <laughs> and uh, they carry on like this. And I said, oh, you know. So I, I put my arm um, up and I put my head in my hands and I thought to myself, if I close my eyes, they'll think I'm doing something very profound and they'll leave me alone because <laughs> I don't see a thing and, you know, this is getting silly. So the next thing I know, I hear, wow, that was fantastic. And yes, oh, we never dreamt. And I hear Sammy say, oh, that's so exciting. And, and I think, I've fallen asleep and I've been snoring. What do I, how do I get out of this <laughs> strange noise? And I open my eyes and I say, yes, it was. And they all look at me and say, did you hear that? I said, hear what? And they clicked a tape recorder. And I heard this voice, which was nothing like mine, <laughs> talking, giving the history of the, the crystal skull and various other things for two hours. Wow. So and did you touch it while you were doing that? I said, that's not me. Who, who is that? What is that? And they said, uh, that, that was you. I said, no, it wasn't. That's, that's not my voice. 
And he said, yeah, it was you. And I thought, uh-huh, I want to go home. And I said, okay, uh, fine. And Sammy seemed delighted. And uh, we left. And I thought, no, that I'm I'm an in-charge person. That doesn't happen to me. I, I don't. Um, so I'm not, you know, that's it, done. I won't ever go back there. I don't know what this is, this style, but it's not for me. And um, so a week goes past and I get a, a phone call and it's Sammy. And she says, hi, dear. I said, hi, Sammy. She said, how would you like to come for tea on Sunday? I said, oh, yes, I'd love to. Thinking I'm going for tea. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I go up there and uh, we're sitting, we're chatting. There's a knock at the door and there's a group of people. And they've come to see, this is how it happened. No appointments, no phone calls, nothing. Knock at the door and there's four people standing there and they say, can we see this? Oh, yes, she says, come in. She said, you're lucky we have this lady here who knows about the skull. And I thought, oh, I, I need to go home. <laughs> and sort of said, well, we should leave the skull over there, Sammy. She said, no, dear, no, we put it right in front of you. And I thought, oh, dear. Anyway, I didn't know these people. And the next thing I know, I sort of think... I've been saying something, but I don't know what I've been saying. And I said, okay. <laughs> and they, uh, I look at these eyes of these people staring at me and saying, wow, that's fantastic. That's, oh, yes. Da, da, da. They're all happy. I was, <laughs> happy. I was not. And I, after they left, I said, Sammy, what, what's, what's happening? And she said, oh, dear, the skull loves you. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> I don't think I love this so, <laughs> it's, it's uh, everything's fine, dear. It's it's very good. We've been waiting for you, she said. Okay, so the third time I went up and I thought, mm, I am going to investigate the skull. So she put it in, it was just her and I, she put it in front of me and I looked at it and I said, what are you? And the answer came back. I am... Well, I am the I am the information you've been looking for. <laughs> I don't no, I don't think so. <laughs> I said, Sammy, you know what? What is the story? And then she, I didn't even know the story, but apparently I'd relayed the story, but I didn't person didn't know it, and she relayed the story to me, and I thought, whoa, this this is something very interesting. And to cut a long story short, <laughs> every weekend I'd get, hello, dear. Hello, Sammy. Thanks <laughs> like to come up. <laughs> on one of the visits, um, there were, Brian Hadley James, who put the book together, was there. And he, said, well, he was terribly British. And he said, how would you like to write a book? And I said, oh, okay. And Sammy was all excited. She wanted to do it. So over the next year, Every weekend I would go and we would have a session with the skull and that's how it came oh. to Britain. But in the meantime, I was going every weekend and sometimes in the week and there are some really funny stories that uh, we got told by your CIA to cease and desist. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> that, that was an interesting story. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, well, very quickly, I, uh, I got a phone call 
And by now I'd left the hospital. I was working for a doctor. And there's a line that goes that's secure to the hospital, to, to his office. That line rings. I answer it. And they say, Miss Davis. I said, yes. They said, oh, I am so-and-so with the uh, CIA. And we would like to visit with the skull. And I said, wow. Is, as I'm such a great psychic and all things, I said, who is this? How did you get this line? Da, 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 da. You know, don't be a fool. And don't, don't ever use this line again. Hang up. <laughs> a few minutes what, later. What year was that about? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, I, it had to be in, had to be in the eighties, I guess. Probably early eighties. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so I have to back this story up. The skull had been giving information about things that were happening in the States that, that shouldn't be allowed, very detailed information. Mm. And it always ended by saying, and tell that whom you call the president, da, 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 whatever. So, and it would tell it to various groups of people. And this one... <laughs> I said, oh, don't worry about that. It says that all the time. It, I think the skull thinks I'm going to call up, you know, and say, listen, Mr. President, the crystal skull said you <laughs> I said, it's, it's really, I don't know why it does that. So this went on for months. And then one time after the session, this one person says, well, I can get a message to the president. I said, you can? He said, yes, my sister works for whatever, and we'll give him the message. Oh, wow. All forgotten until I get this call. So after the third call, the, the person on the line says, you know, I really can. We have credentials and everything. And at that time, uh, my now husband was uh, high up in the police department. I said, well, I tell you what, <laughs> you take your, your credentials down to police headquarters <laughs> and you ask for this uh, officer. And uh, <clears throat> if he says you're okay, I'll see what I can do. So a couple of hours go past, line rings, and <laughs> my husband, who's now my husband, says, hi, dear. I said, oh, hi. He said, I have a couple of nice gentlemen sitting in my office who are with the CIA, and they want to see this, uh, what is this crystal skull thing? God. Uh, oh, Okay. So I said, well, I gave him some his number. All right. So that ends. Uh, next day I get a call. Hi, dear. Oh, hi, Sammy. <laughs> so I have two lovely gentlemen <laughs> in my home who want to see the skull. I said, okay. So I toddle up there, and there are two gentlemen in their raincoats with their briefcases who didn't take their coats off, <laughs> sitting and said, well, we... You know, we came to hear what the crystal skull says. Uh, okay. And so the, the session starts and it ends. And I look across at them when I'm sort of back to myself and I see that the expression hasn't changed except for one of them whose eyes are wide open, the other one stone-faced. And I said, uh, and I see Sammy laughing. <laughs> giggling as she used to and I said uh, was that information helpful and one doesn't answer and the other one says um, not really no and really you should 
um, maybe you should think about not doing this anymore because <laughs> accidents can happen, you know, on the freeway. There can be bad she car is. accidents and things. And, you know, there are a lot of strange people in the world. And I said, oh, okay. And I thought, that's a funny thing. But it didn't really occur to me. I was very naive in those days. And uh, as they're going out, I say, oh, by the way, if any of this was of any use, would you let me know? And the one who was sort of staring with his eyes open said, oh, okay. Well, that was that. Went back in and Sammy's laughing and she said, oh, you told them all about the White House and all about being bugged and that. <laughs> oh, and they said it wasn't useful. She said, no. And the one thing I remember, and uh, hope this isn't going to get me executed, was the skull said, when you, when you buy parts from your from for from Russia from this secret installation that you have at such and such a place. Oh my God! <laughs> and I said, really, Sammy? She said yes. You told them. Well, that'll help them, dear. She said. I thought, yeah, okay. Anyway, now it's fifteen years later. Maybe I've remarried. I've moved twice. I've, you know gone into hiding, I get a card and it says, thank you for the most interesting visit we had with the Crystal Skull, signed Colonel John Alexander, retired CIA. Oh, so he was one of the persons who was, uh, who was there? Yeah. John Alexander. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, quite well known in, in the uh, uh, field of psychic science. Uh-oh. John's got disconnected. Yeah. Okay, we're we're back on. Yeah. yeah. See, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're good. You shouldn't have said that, Carol. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. Yeah. There'll be a black men in black at the door. Hey, um, uh, let, let's switch to uh, Honduras. You want to talk about that? Sure. Trip sounds good. Okay. Hey, man, hey, I'm hearing hey, you, Bill. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 Rob, uh, try yeah. and plug in the mic and. Plug it back okay. up again because I'm, I'm yeah. still getting Let the me. Cylon. Um, is that better? That happens, you see. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Out there, Bill? Yeah. yeah, Bill, say something. Okay, how's that? Oh, yeah, good, good. We okay. hear you now. Yep. I think we're back. All right. Tell okay. the spies to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is okay. Everything is good. We don't do that anymore, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. The. Uh, yeah, that we with Sammy when she was living here, she would you never know. It was like it was uh, things could change really fast, and she's always, uh, like I say, always has her suitcase packed. And she got this idea that she wanted to go back to to Honduras because she had to see a few things that was left there many years ago, and she wanted to check on them. And so, uh, and this is like oh, heck, she was ninety, probably Two. like ninety ninety-two at the time, and she calls yeah. Carol and says. You want to go on a trip? <laughs> How'd she say it to you? That was... Hi, dear. I said, oh, hi, Sammy. She said, we're going to Honduras. I said, oh, that'll be nice for you. <laughs> Thinking she's, no, she's not. And she said, yes, so uh, be ready on Wednesday. I said, whoa, 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 Sammy. What? She said, yes, dear, we're going to Honduras. Uh, it's all right. We got Bill. And um, I'll see you and da, 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 da. And that was it. That hey, was did it. you know Bill at that point? Uh, yes, I'd known yeah, okay. I'd known yeah. of him because he'd been coming up the 
the young man on his motorcycle coming. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we we uh, met up, and yeah, we at ninety two, uh, we went to Honduras. Good for her. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There was Sammy and I and Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's great. What happened, Bill? Okay. Well, it was uh, what, what she wanted to do is see a few places. So we ended up in Copan, Honduras, and we couldn't find a place. So we found this place right outside town. It was like on a real high embankment. And so we stayed there and uh, it was uh, it, everything was working out good. And Carol and I wanted to do a little exploring and Sammy sent us on our way. But it's kind of she ironic that uh, how she kind of manipulate us because she wanted to see this one place that was right next to the uh, Mayan ruins and it was on this high embankment and there was a hacienda there that had been there for hundreds of years and in the same family and the gentleman's that the grandfather that owned it was friends with Mitchell Hedges and mm. and they also uh, uh, you know he uh, they he, they worked together because he learned a lot of his his techniques on and uh, on opening up some of these sites and how they f would find things from from the grandfather. So they were friends for years. So they and worked together on their different on the different digs. So uh, she wanted to go back and visit that. So here's Carol and I. We we got horses and we went on this horse thing, and <laughs> oh, we rode up this this path. Up. You got me on a horse, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I got Carol on a horse. And we, got there and we we found that went to this place and as the lady that uh, uh, was the family and knew, you know, that knew the story of Mitchell Hedges and everything. When we got there, Carol just mentioned her name, and it was like, like she knew her forever, you know. So uh, she started crying and everything, and <laughs> so it was like ma uh, a massive connection. So when we mm -hmm. told Sammy about it, well, she acted like, oh, okay, like, but you know, in other words, she already knew what we were going through. She was, <laughs> she was like that. So we went up there to visit her. We drove up this mountain in the car, and it was a really bad road up the thing, and we got up there, and uh, uh, it was a really interesting place. This uh, It's this uh, hacienda, and on the uh, hacienda, they have this uh, Mayan ruins, and uh, the Mayan ruins is a place where the uh, the high priest and the, and the uh, royalty would go to have uh, babies birthing. It was a birthing site. Hmm. supposedly but it was a birthing place not as we know it but it's a way of bringing birthing knowledge from the higher planes down to the physical wow. and uh carol uh you know how she keys into things so well she says there's knowledge there that if we were to uh uncover it you would find a true link between the mayas and the ets so Wow, that's a place I want to go back and do a little work later. And they're great people, and uh, and we still talk to the uh, the people, the family that owns it. So mm. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. But we went there first, and uh, while we were there, the, it was the Red Lady of Copan. It was just kind of discovered, and it was in uh, some of the different archaeology magazines and stuff. And uh, that we worked with the archaeologists there because. Uh, that's what Sammy wanted to make this connection. And Carol uh, would tell the archaeologists what was underground in a place that nobody's ever been. Where the, wow. the And then she started telling them things that they didn't find yet. And and they were like, 
wow, they were just blown away. And nobody ever is allowed to go in there. But they said, Carol, you can come and see it if you'd like. <laughs> and what did you say, Carol? Yellow <laughs> down. <laughs> Carol would always Carol always sends me on these things. <laughs> she wanted me to go, but uh, so it was it was quite interesting. And we went back to the hotel that night and we were went to bed and I was tired and uh Carol uh, uh once you tell them about going to the up to the main desk. That's quite interesting. <laughs> well, I should also tell you about that I noticed he's glanced over the truck that he got us in. Imagine there's a 92-year-old and me and Bill in a flatbed truck that was new in uh, 1900s, and so was the driver. No teeth. And uh, we, we were traveling in no man's land. Bill and I are in the back of the truck, and uh, Sammy's in the front with the driver, nattering away. He couldn't speak much English, but it didn't matter. And uh, I, you have to be careful with Bill. He, I tell you, he's a true Indiana Jones. Because you mentioned something, he's gone like a rocket. And I stupidly said, oh, you know what's over there? There's uh, the cenotes that you can go in. They used to have high ceremonies. People would come from everywhere and go over there, and you can find your way through to the ocean. Well, he's out the back of the truck, and he's gone. And, and I back on the truck to stop it. We're in the desert. There's nobody around. And Bill's going, hell bent for election. <laughs> there and I'm thinking, Carol, you have to keep your mouth shut around him. So uh, we're trying to talk to the driver, and <clears throat> you know, Sammy's quite happy, you know, spills off doing his thing. And anyway, he eventually comes back and says, Wow, you were right, it, it's there, but you need ropes to get down. We, where can we get some ropes? I said, Get in the truck, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Anyway, after our, what happened with the, we met with the Minister of Archaeology and these people were not into anything, uh, we'll use the word psychic, it's not really psychic, but it, they, they were not into any of this, they want the facts. So after we uh, gave them some information and they were all happy and yes, they did invite me and I said, uh, no, but Bill will go, that's fine. And then <laughs> put on a ceremonial sweat lodge for me. I said, no, thank you, Bill will go. And Bill did that, and we go back to the hotel. Now, I have to call home, and I can't get through. So I'm in the room with Sammy, and I walk down to the desk. And as I'm walking, I think something's behind me. Now, it's not a terribly unusual feeling, but this one wasn't quite the same. So I'm walking to the, and I think, where are all the people? And I get up to the desk and there's a mirror behind it and I look in the mirror and I got two ninjas standing behind me armed to the teeth they've got hmm. machine guns they've got grenades they and I, physical yeah oh jeez <laughs> and I think oh yeah so I stand there and I sort of tap lightly on the counter and a head pops around uh, and he said body your um okay and I turn around and the ninjas follow me back to my room. Outside my room sits a bloody great toad the size of a dog. And I don't know which I'm more scared of. So I sort of go around the toad and I get in there and I say, Sammy, Sammy, we've got a problem. She said, what's that, dear? I said, there's ninjas. There, there's soldiers out there, Sammy. Um, we've got to get out of here. And she said, oh, don't worry, dear. We've got Bill. 
These are soldiers. They got guns. She says, oh, it's all right, dear. We've got Bill. So I'm banging on the wall to get Bill to wake up. There's not a sound. Sammy goes to sleep. And I'm thinking, what in what are we going to do? I thought there'd been a revolution. I didn't know what to do. And here I am with this, this 92-year-old and Indiana Jones. I'm thinking he may be, you know, he's a killer on the other hand, but he's gonna, I don't know he's going to get us out of this. So, okay. In the morning, we get up. I poke my head out the door, and I see people and the staff, and I think, what the hell? So I, I go up to the desk and I say, what happened? And he goes, shh, shh, shh. And I think, okay. And then he beckons me and he says, last night, the, our president, he, he get married and he spent his night here. But oh. Miss Mitchell Hedges, important lady, so we let her stay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. 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 We got Bill. <laughs> yeah, good old Bill. Boy, yeah. boy, I think, <laughs> but yeah. we do have a lot of fun, and that's one thing about uh, it was never, never boring for sure. Keeps, no, keeps, yeah, yeah. I have. So, Bill, uh, because the skull is so famous and so well crafted, it's uh, attracted a lot of attention of critics over the years who say it was ma uh, machine made of recent origin, recent being like the late 19th century and not pre-Columbian. And this came up recently when you were on uh, Josh Gates' expedition, Unknown. Um, how do you respond to this? Uh, let's see, well, you know what? It's, you have to really see it to really understand it. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, what's happening is there's a mandate coming out of Smithsonian that no one can change history as we know it. Mm -hmm. So if with all this stuff that's happening now, they find out the pyramids show the signs of water that goes back uh, right. know, thousands and thousands of years longer. They find uh, sites and pyramids in other countries that they didn't know were there. But now with this new technology, they find a site in Minnesota that they use later technology. And there's a whole city underneath it that mm -hmm. is over 100,000 years old. Now, there's there's things that are coming out and. And it it doesn't fit uh, history as we know it. Right. The, the important thing is, is I think it's important for mankind at this part of our evolution to come out and bring the real truth of who and what right. we are and what this is all about. And that's why the skull is good, because it's it makes people think yeah. and it stirs things up and it, yeah. it has to do it. Right. So. Uh, but as far as like, uh, no, we did the, uh, the, the first thing they did with, uh, the Smithsonian, they took me over there, they, ch they checked it and oh, we got tool marks and I, okay, I leave. And then they bring you back and they check it again. Oh, we got tool marks all over. And I go leave and they come back, they bring me back and they check it. And they say, oh, I say, why do you keep bringing me back? If you see tool marks? Well, we <laughs> haven't found them yet, but we're going to find them this time. So, and so what they, yeah, so it's, it's like that. And so. They do not like the skull because it does not fit. It doesn't have, there is no tool marks on the skull. Uh, it's perfectly clear. You see lines inside the skull that uh, could have been formed, uh, but it's not any kind of modern tools that you'll right. see. It just, there's some kind of lines. It could be where 
information is stored inside the crystal. We don't know what it is. And no, we don't know if it was done last week or uh, 5,000 years, well, 50,000 years ago. It's, no, there's no way of really dating it. But uh, that's why you have to be around it and see it to really feel what it does and what it's, what it's all about. Yeah. I, my sense in meditating with the skull was that it's conscious. It's a consciousness. Yeah, yeah. it's a consciousness. Yeah, and it's universal love, and it's here to help people, you know, focus on coming together as as one and moving the planet forward into this more higher consciousness, which is where we're at right now. We've we've made mistakes in the past. They believe. So yeah. So there's the possibility, Bill, that uh, maybe there were machine tools that created, but maybe that was part of a higher civilization that that, uh, that preceded our current uh, civilization. And, you know, you say that to the scientists and they say, well, there's no evidence of that. But that's not exactly true. Um, because if you go, uh, go to South America, to the Inca ruins in uh, Peru, they have these walls, these cities, that uh, buildings that are created with these huge uh, 10, 15 ton uh, stones that are cut in unusual ways, and they fit so close you cannot put a uh, a pin th uh, between them, and there's no mortar at all. And so, if there was, uh, if this was done in ancient times, what was the machinery? What was the technology that was used to move those stones? So there is examples from the uh, ancient past that we don't understand. And there's castle. Mm. Yeah, they show, they show signs of making the stones malleable so they can be fit into these different sites. And that's right. what they believe about the skull. The reason it doesn't have any tool marks is, is because it was made malleable and able to be, it was formed that way. It has all the bumps that a human skull has. It has everything but <laughs> suture lines. That's It's perfectly made. Uh, so uh, it's... Can, can we get that? Can we get the skull to the White House? <laughs> <laughs> Might explode. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, you know what? The skull is here to help the world, and it's here to help mankind and and realize, hey, you know, we got a problem with everybody's thinking they're separate, but mm -hmm. we really have to come together and work as one, as one people working for the good, not only of, of themselves, but the whole planet, and right. realizing that, hey, just because someone's a little different, that makes it interesting. But we're all, all really, they're a part of ourself is what we're seeing. And if we don't like something, it's probably something about ourself we don't like. So, right. And the skull is here to help people with that, which we definitely need that right now. And uh, that's kind of what I've been working on with it, trying to bring it around and, and open people up and hopefully change lives to make, make things happen that way. Carol, what does the skull speak to the future after this virus? Um, I mean, well, how do you mean? Well, in other words, has it have <clears throat> has anything been communicated about life after the virus? If if there is a life after the virus, <laughs> <laughs> there is it. Um, it. We have two sites. One is called the Mitchell. Dutch Hedges uh, site, and the other one is called the Mitchell Hedges Meditation Site. And um, 
when this all started, uh, the skull gave out a message. Though that's, I think they're on. It's on both the sites, uh-huh. and um, basically, it talked about the. It gave the original message, and then it said, "Your Earth will erupt." Well, hmm. I think it was six hours after that there was the first earthquake, and then there's been significant earthquakes since. It says that there will be a significant eruption, and this uh, it, it it uses it speaks differently than I speak, and there's <laughs> the something about the dis at ease, which uh, you have brought upon yourselves, will um, um, I think it means almost vanish as quickly as it came, mm-hmm. because it says it the disease which you have brought upon yourselves, uh, this will um, uh, decrease once the eruption takes place. And it, it all has to do with portals and what's going on. This is far bigger than a man-made disease on the earth. Uh-huh. There's a lot going on. We, you know. I used to give lectures to law enforcement, and the one thing that always amazes, amazed me, and I learned this from the skull, is it said your ancient people always looked up. When did you last look up? Mm-hmm. We're so busy um, looking at each other or, or being indoctrinated by uh, what we hear and see, we've forgotten to look up. Mm, interesting. And there's a lot, lot going on. In in the uh, above our planet, mm-hmm. and um, yes, there, you know, life will carry on after this uh, disease, and um, we will we will um, have a lot more knowledge. Whether we use it wisely is always up. The skull never. Well, I have never, in all the years I worked with it, it never said how whatever governs or whatever programmed the skull would interfere. It always was an observation. Basically, mm. the skull is a computer, a wow. far in advanced computer, that, mm-hmm. that we are only just touching the surface. And of itself, it says it was fashioned with light and sound and polished with hair of uh, through, through what we were eons of our time. Hmm. I think it's interesting what you said, that the virus would suddenly vanish, because that's the same thing that the psychic Sylvia Brown said in her last book on predictions of the future. She said in the year 2020, I think this was written, I don't know. It was a 2008 book. 2008 book was written. 2020, there would be this uh, pandemic virus, and then (coughs) after a few months, it would just disappear. Uh, and, let's and then it would let, come back again 10 years later. She also said 10 that. 10 years later, yeah. Oh. Well, let's hope she's right about the disappearing. And, uh, you, you mentioned the same thing. It's, uh, it's hope, hopeful. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're ready for that. And it's, you know, remember that we don't live in fear. We stay in balance and, yeah. and, and focus forward. If, you know, if something happens in your day and you get all out of balance, your whole day goes bad. Right. You can get back in balance and then be in peace and go forward. Hey, let's let's have good days and let's make good things happen. 
Fear is the energy that's feeding this virus. I'm sorry? Fear is the energy that's feeding this virus. Yeah, I believe that. And if you uh, take the fear away, then you take the energy away and it can't exist. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, um, when you were here on August 31st of uh, last year, uh, 2019, you were right at a time when there was a huge hurricane that was bearing right down on South Florida. Hurricane I'm, Dorian. <laughs> Hurricane Dorian. And they said it was going to have 175 mile, mile an hour winds coming right up the East Coast. And uh, everybody was, uh, pr- you know, uh, everybody was scared. Scared. But it stalled. But, and it has stalled. And you were driving around, uh, you know, going to these events and which were, uh, I guess they were still going on. A lot of things were being canceled. But then uh, you came to uh, our house after one of those events. And we, we had our own little event with the, <laughs> with the dinner. And we we did a meditation as a group to push away uh, Dorian from uh, Florida. And uh you know, but it obliterated the abacos. So next time we got to be more <laughs> clear on our. But uh, synchronicity. I mean, it uh, it happened. It, yeah. they, it it moved away and never hit hit South Florida, even though it looked like it was on a uh, dead uh, track for for us. So that was an in- interesting experience. Pretty interesting things happen sometimes. Carol can can tell you a story about weather. She she's she's got a good one on that one. Okay. Which, which, which one? Well, the, the <laughs> weather. 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 Remember the weather and the skull chain? Yeah. Well, that was that same hurricane. When no, I'm talking, no, I'm talking about uh, back oh, in with Sammy. Storms? Uh, when you had a, it came through the... <laughs> oh. well, see, they had, because we, we tried to make all the information in the skull as... Um, back it up with science or with what we could. We had many people come to uh, to test it, if you will, to test uh-huh. the information. And uh, this one time there was a physicist, another scientist, a medical doctor. Uh, there was a group and I was all wired up with these things. And uh, they said, well, I said, well, you know, one of the experiments, the Myers used to use this to control the weather. Why don't you ask it to control the weather? And they said, okay. So what happens with the skull is when it's giving information, people uh, become dumb. They they can't speak. Uh, Mm. We even had it on TV shows where they had lists of questions and the skull went (laughs) down the list of questions without them speaking. And they (laughs) they were going to test the skull and da-da-da-da. Anyway, so... Uh, they're doing, you know, whatever's happening. And then one of them says, oh, uh, the, the person you, that you're using would like to see how you control the weather. And apparently I lifted my hand and said, rain. And it started to rain. Within, really? They timed the it within, within X amount of uh, like three minutes. Um, okay, so. Um, what did they say then? Whatever they just—I don't know—and then it said stop, and the rain stopped. So Carl says, because I'm really a logical person, said, "You know what? That could be coincidence." So the next time, they said again, "Well, the instrument you're using would like you to show how you controlled the weather," and apparently it said, uh, "You know, rain. It started to rain, and 
that was fine. And then it said, stop. Well, the third time, it's <laughs> it said, that is because she is a child. <laughs> and it said, rain. And there was such a storm that it was banging against Sammy's windows. And Sammy got upset. She never used to speak. And she said, make it stop. And there was hail and every every pattern so it was a that you would think of happened within an hour. And anyway, when Sammy got upset, the, the skull stopped it immediately. It, it doesn't mm. like peter out. It just stopped. Wow. So um, I said, okay, we won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice it could be a coincidence, but not the third time. Uh-huh. Now, the next day on the Kitchener News and in the papers, it said, unusual weather pattern over Kitchener. <laughs> That's why we want Bill back here every June first. <laughs> the hurricane season starts. Well, it yeah, I don't, you can't. Uh, it it does what it wants. It's not like I'm. Oh, I I allow it. You know, I can't just say, hey, do this. It, you yeah, know, as far right. as healing or whether it just it does its own thing. It's got its own program. So. I just send it with love, so that's it. So yeah. Could you, could you talk about the healing qualities of the skull? Any examples? Well, the only thing the thing is, is you know, it's not like you, know, you go to a, a thing, an event, and people tell you the next day that wow, this happened, this happened, and you know, it's not like I even am aware of some of the stuff that they're having uh-huh. problems with. Sure. So it uh, yeah, if it does do it, it's nothing. No, it's not like I'm. I'm controlling it. It, right. it, it. it connects to people's inner self, okay? Mm-hmm. And and all their different bodies, your mental, physical, spiritual, and your psychic body. If there's something that's not quite right, and you let's say you have a sore shoulder, but the real problem is something a lot much deeper, uh-huh. it usually goes to what's much deeper. And mm-hmm. it it mirrors the person's inner self. So if there's a healing that happens, it it's usually because the person needs the healing right. and wants the healing. Because a lot of people have things wrong with them that on a level they have caused it themselves because of, anyway, they feel guilty or whatever they don't. Right. And so they they put this on themselves and you can't take that away because they want it. So, mm-hmm. uh, But in the case where a person uh, sincerely is open to healing, then that makes a big difference. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's pretty incredible. Another funny story about healing. I get a call from Sammy, and she said, oh, dear, could you come up? My friend uh, isn't feeling well, and she needs some help. And remember, my background was in the medical, and I said, what do you mean, Sammy? She said, well, just can you come up, and the skull's going to heal her. I said, oh, Sammy, you you know, we we can't really say that, Sammy. uh, She said, oh, yes, it will, dear. Yes, it will. So I toddle up there and I go in and I see this poor woman crying her eyes out and her face on one side is out like a balloon. And I Mm. take one look and I call Sammy and I say, we can't help that, Sammy. She's got to go to the dentist. There's something really (laughs) wrong there. She said, no, no, the the skull will do it, dear. You just just sit with the skull. (laughs) So I this woman's crying and she's in a lot of pain. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm terrified to go to the dentist. And the pain pills are working. And, and she's crying and it's balloon face. And I'm thinking, 
you know, we can't do this. Anyway, I sit with the skull, and whatever happens, happens, and I gently open my eyes and look across from me, and there is the lady still crying her eyes out with her face out like a balloon, and I think, oh, Jesus, it's real bad. And she's saying, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, and I feel so good, I don't have any pain, and I'm looking at her thinking, huh? Wow. And and I said, "Uh, really? And she said, oh, yes, she said, and whatever the skull had done and said to her, she was quite happy to go to the dentist on Monday. This was a Saturday. And, uh, you know, she didn't have any pain. That was the good thing. Hmm. And I thought, well, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I go home. I get a call on Sunday. Hi, dear. Hi, Sammy. And I'm thinking, no, no, I'm not going to Sam. No, no, no. And she says, oh, I just wanted to thank you for coming up. And my friend is much better now. I said, better, Sammy? She's got to go to the dentist tomorrow. She said, no, she doesn't, dear. Oh, Sammy, she does. No, she doesn't, dear, because when she woke up today, the tooth was in her mouth, loose. Wow. Huh. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Uh, well, it, it, there's a lot of things, because there's a lot of strange things around the skull, but basically it just works on helping people mm. connect to themselves. And, you know, mm. I, uh, it's like a bridge. It's a bridge. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it bridges the subconscious, and sometimes people, their lives change in a big way. But what happens? It shakes out a lot of stuff that people live lives of, you know, despair and not being happy because they're in the wrong field or the wrong thing, and they just keep doing it because they're used to it. And the skull has a tendency to kind of put that right in your face and and mess up everything. Things will fall apart, and then all of a sudden they'll find their real purpose and they get onto it and they're all excited and it changes lives. It's, it's a fun thing to see. So, uh, you know, is the skull real, not real, whatever. Hey, I, I just do what I do and it's, I'm having fun with it. Cause I, I love, just think about going around, helping people, changing lives. It's a good job. I like it. Right. Yeah, that's great. It used to be called the skull of doom years ago, but, uh, you have a different name for it, don't you? I call it the skull of love. And right. The, yeah, that's uh, great. There's, there's two reasons that, uh, well, it, uh, I call it for universal love, but the skull of doom uh, comes out of the fact that uh, for two things, uh, one in the, you know, in the forties and, and, th- and thirties, they did not have alarm systems in their house. And so mm. they, they, Mitchell Hedges would always have parties a lot of times on the weekends and people would come and a lot of, uh, you know, different ce- celebrities and everything would come to his house. They'd have a big party. And then this one time they left to go get food after everybody <clears> left. And they went into town, they got the stuff and came back. And this one reporter snuck back in the house. And when they came in there, he was in the library holding the skull froze. And they took <laughs> the skull out of his hand <laughs> and he looked like he saw a ghost and he took <laughs> off and they never saw him again. <laughs> so, funny. Uh, but the thing is, is they use the skull of doom to try to put fear in people that uh-huh. work as a protection. But uh, the Mayas, if you ask the Mayas of Lubantun, the word dune, doom or dune means God. Dune is God uh-huh. in Maya. Uh-huh. So, okay. the, and uh, they, the Mayans call it the holy skull. So the skull of, of, of dune, they call it a, a transmitter to the gods is what they call mm-hmm. it. 
Well, you, Bill, you said that you don't carry the skull on airplanes anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, uh, let's see. I just that uh, for a, a number of reasons, and one of the reasons is is that uh, you know if you don't have, I have to uh, protect the skull and take care of it. And I've been in going through the lines where they take the skull out and the guy's walking around with the jaw in his My hand God. <laughs> over the cement floor. And, uh, you know, there's there's no control, you know. Right. So uh, uh, for that reason, that what that's one of the reasons that I would never do it. Now, there might be another reason that I don't want to go into. But the fact is, uh, just the fact is that, uh, you know, we need it has to be protected and it has to be protected in the right way. So. I'm right. work, working with the indigenous, and they're going to uh, declare it a uh, sacred uh, artifact. Oh, good. And yeah, I was going to ask. You, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. How the indigenous tribes in the U.S. Uh, and elsewhere react to the skull? Well, they consider it a sacred artifact, and hmm. there's a number of uh, indigenous groups, uh, being the Maya, uh, the Aztec, I think the Navajo. The Aborigines, which are very close to the Hopi, and the Hopi have the legend of the 13 skulls in their, their yeah. basic back right. beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the 13 skulls, they, they believe that the Mitchell Hedges skull is the, the main skull of the 13 that was created by these 13 indigenous masters that mm. uh, uh, they, used, they, used, they made it in the shape of a skull of a high priest that was loved very much and they used uh, uh et technology to create the skull over a period of wow. many years that's that's what i i get from the belief that's come through i'm learning more about it all the time now do i know everything no i don't know everything and do i claim to be nope but i'm i do know quite a bit because i have been working with it and studying it and being around people and it's a, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, as this information comes out and there's always going to be those that want to distract it and make right. it, oh, it's not real. But, you know, the fact is that it's made against the grain. Not, if you were a carver, you would not make, even try to have something as precious as this perfect crystal and make it against the grain mm. because, you know, that would destroy it. But uh, the yeah. fact is that it has lenses and prisms that are built inside the crystal that hmm. would take to be, to do that, to build crystal with lenses and prisms, it would take like zero gravity because you couldn't really wow. do it on the, on the face of the earth, they, yeah. you know, with the technology we have today. So uh, well, now how does a skull charge other objects? Because that night you were here, you asked us all to, you know, like have a stone or something so that we could charge well, you know what? I, what I've what I've learned it it charges uh, it charges people, and the uh -huh. fact is that they are, you know we have this crystalline structure inside of our pineal gland that uh, vibrates, and the skull has a special vibration. And if when you're around it, there's an energy field that can be felt, and that energy uh, affects that. Um, uh, pineal gland mm -hmm. vibrating it in such a way that when you leave it sets crystal is set in a pattern of vibration huh. that you take with you that's why i say uh it's life-changing for a lot of people some people are uh you know you could say their their heads are as hard as stone and they mm -hmm. don't pick up on it but other people that are real sensitive that they right. pick up awful lot and mm -hmm. you know, being around it i'm 
I would have to say that I would most majority of the people that were at at your house, they all were able to pick up on the energy, yeah. and that's so pretty amazing. Yeah, that was a good group. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good group. group. Very good. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why you have to come back. <laughs> I'd Bill, love to. I will. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Bill. There, there is a uh, people who are called, I believe, medical anthropologists who, when uh, a, a crime victim has been found, a body uh, or a skeleton, they're able to recreate. They take that skull and recreate what the person looked like. Now, have you ever had that done with the uh, uh, Mitchell Hedges skull to create what uh, the facial features would look like? Yeah, they did a forensic uh, reconstruction. This uh, uh, people, some uh, officers out of New York City that were f forensic experts, and they- That's what I meant to say, a forensic anthropologist. Uh, yeah, and they determined that they, that it was a female of, uh, of, of uh, South America, Central American origin that wow. from predates and from an age, uh, a time gone past, uh -huh. is what they wow. say. And they said it was looks like a female of 27. Now, when mm. you're around the skull, some people, oh, it's a male, and some people, it's a female. But the skull, what it does is it, it mirrors your inner self. <laughs> so if the energy you're putting out is male energy, no matter if you're a female or male, at uh -huh. that moment, because people change, it comes through with that energy back to you because it, it mirrors you. So uh, it, is it male or female? It's, uh, it, it is what it is at the time whoever's hmm. working with it. Yeah. Car Carol, I have one more question for you. Uh, what Only one. <laughs> a lot of questions, but we can't take them all, all, their, all their time. So, Carol, what does the skull say to you about its origins? Um. Uh, it was said that it was um, it was programmed in a time before Atlantis, uh, but we let me talk about Atlantis. First of okay. all, it says you constantly look for a piece of geography when Atlantis was a state of mind. Mm -hmm. It means that there were At Atlanteans all over the world or this planet at one time. And it says that when, uh, gee, I should read my own book, but I would argue <laughs> so much with it. <laughs> I would argue, so I haven't read it. It said that what happened was that we used, this planet used to have two moons. Hmm. And the one moon uh, exploded or something happened to it. And that sent the dimension gates from which extraterrestrials would come and go freely to the small blue planet. Um, slipped, and so many were entrapped here, many volunteered to stay, and those that used to come and go freely, i.e. we call Atlantis or Atlanteans or, you know, gods, um, could not. So they left a um, record for humanity, to help humanity, and they have left them in a few places. And the crystal skull of itself, um, it didn't use the word computer because back in the 70s, I didn't know anything about computers, right. but it explained that it is a collection of information for the help of humanity. Hmm. And so, and it was shaped, um, if you take light and sound, well, that's a laser. Right. 
and we, we didn't know about it back then. Mm-hmm. It, it was shaped with light and sound, and um, that's how it is activated. And it was polished um, and revered. And the reason it was shaped into a skull is that life on this planet both feared and revered this shape. So mm. it safeguarded. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It was safeguarded through the eons of time. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. I think you need, you guys need to write another book. <laughs> oh, well, we're working on it. We're going to do the. We did the. She did the skull speaks, and then we're going to do possibly the skull speaks, and then the number. The numeral two, and then a just a letter U. So the skull speaks to. Oh, you. that's good. Hmm. You know yeah. there were there were ten uh, prophecies that she did back in the early '80s that she put out in the back of the book, and all ten of them have come true. Really, so that's one of the reasons people are so intrigued with her book. Yes. So well, where can we find your book? You can, and it doesn't cost one hundred twenty-five hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's an ebook on our webpage, the Mid- oh, okay. Mitchell Hedges. But Great. the the site we used is the Facebook. We used the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull and then the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull Meditation because we oh, do yes. two meditations with the skull a month, usually at full moon and new moon. Okay. And, and people from all over can just, if they, are, you know, they have the link, they just go to it. And we work for uh, world peace and healing of the planet is what we mm-hmm. mainly stri- strive for. So Okay. Great. Be a part of it. We'd love to have you. Oh, yeah. Now, how can the skull help you? Us? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, for me, when I meditated with the skull, it I felt like crying. You know, I was so overjoyed. It just, it, I don't know. It, it was just, it's a really powerful feeling. Yeah, we have that picture of you. You look like you're either crying or. Yeah, I, know. I, mean, I, was, just, I was jubilant. I was yeah. just. So, I was happy. Yeah. I just felt uh, energy what, flowing from it, you know. What, what, what the skull says about people that um, burst into tears, and we have a we have a lot of them, <laughs> is that it is releasing the past hurts that you have jammed down in your psyche for wow. a long time, yeah. and it is releasing that. That's why you feel. Uh, relieved and you cry and mm-hmm. it's um, relieving you of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, just so people just started going up. I thought, well, I'm, I'm going too. <laughs> I want to know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, a couple of it, people, it was wonderful. Yeah, a couple of people were a little wary about approaching the skull, but they finally came, everyone finally came around. Uh, yeah, everybody. kind of right. in the back room, but they, right. they all came forward eventually. <laughs> yeah, in the end, they wanted to try it too. Everybody was doing it. They want to see it. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was a yeah, good night. They were, good, they were very good people. Yeah. Very good people. I can fully understand they were wary. I was too. (laughs) (laughs) Carol, if Bill comes back here, you come too. You guys can stay here. (laughs) (laughs) How can it help you now? What do you need? What do you what? What is? I mean, honestly, I want the Trump administration gone. (laughs) That's for starters. (laughs) I just or or 
that see? they're suddenly enlightened or something. I don't know. Yeah, just become more enlightened as the right. as the people become one, you know, rather than this dividing, uh, talking against uh, so one much side hatred. or the other, you know. That's, uh, but you know that's what's happening on an everyday basis. But on a deeper level, we're we're all one, you know. We're all part of one, and uh, we got to recognize that. I'd like to see that coming coming out more. Well, I think it will in the aftermath of all this. I hope. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think you have to um, understand that, you know, not all are connected to that spiritual force. And mm. once you see that, you can let it go. And, yeah. and you know, to, to build up this um, uh, dislike or hatred or whatever mm -hmm. against a person until you ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is it That's I true. see or I feel? And once you understand, well, they don't see the world as you do. Mm -hmm. they, right. they don't have that ability to. So yeah. actually, you're here to educate. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of people in power in our country and in the world that are the no souls because they gravitate to places of power and right. they, yeah. they go for destruction. So there's people that have are taking money to uh, because they love money and power yeah. and and not think about the people of America right. doing it for themselves. And right. there's so many people in high places in our country that need to be held accountable. And uh, the ones that don't have the soul connection and they have to get power by destruction, uh -huh. they're the ones that work in the negative force. And the ones that work in the negative force try to use that power of the negative to come through in in fear to, mm -hmm. to control the masses. And so, I still think that good is more powerful than evil, though. Well, oh. it, it, well it, it has to do with your mind. If you right. if you think that, but you fear evil, it's not going to work. Yeah. you got to stay in balance and go forward. And sometimes you have to re-evaluate what is uh, where people are really coming from. Once you mm -hmm. see if someone is has uh, are narcissistic and don't really have the connection or empathy for people, and all they have to they want to do is suck power. So yeah. people that you're around them and you you can't hardly uh, get out of there fast enough, and when you do, you're like ready to fall asleep because they're pulling <laughs> all your energy. Right. That's probably yeah. not the best people to be around. Right. right? And yeah. so it's the Fine. secret of learning to put mm. around you people that will empower you and make you feel better. When you give them energy, they give it back and in love. And that's right. the people you want to be around. And, you know, by having the discernment to say, hey, uh, this person is not uh, on the same level as that I want to be around. Maybe they're what they are is they're happy with. That's fine. Yeah. But if they're sucking your energy, if they're taking you down and not making you a better person, uh, stay in balance and go forward. I mm -hmm. feel that by staying in balance, go forward. The skull says, you know, they, there's a legend that if you get all 13 skulls together, we put them in this room, oh, there's a possibility of world peace. Mm -hmm. But coming through Carol, and she said that world peace is it is, uh, we are capable of having it today. Huh. So the only thing that stops us is us. Mm -hmm. We can bring like minds together, and it doesn't take billions of people. Right. It takes like minds and like hearts coming together, 
with a mind working for positive truth and, and uh, universal love, we can change it and bring that world peace in. So what we try to do at the skull is bring people together that have a heart that works for bringing humanity into this higher consciousness. And it's we bring them. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, you know. We were talking about this in the 80s, you know, that it was coming. Yeah, that in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that was the start of it. Look how, how far we've yeah. come, and, and sometimes we're going backwards, and sometimes uh -huh. we think that we can do it, and then sometimes the, the ETs think that they give up on us, they're going to have to help us, but they gave us enough chance <laughs> and enough rope, so are we yeah. going to make it or not? <laughs> it's up to us. So, you um, know, I, 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 Hey, can I... Can I jump oh, in real quick? Go ahead. Got a, got go a ahead, question. Because, uh, I mean, it really kind of, it kind of, it really uh, is maybe just kind of what you've been talking about, but at a higher level. And I think Bill and or Carol can answer, you know, potentially answer this ha or have insight on it is uh, because trying to talk to each other and Bill, you made a point earlier that, you know, that this is an opportunity for people to reconnect because all the, no a lot of noise has been removed mm -hmm. from our lives. Uh, but the problem is over the last 10, 15 years, we've been through social networking and our social networks and that kind of thing. We've been siloed into, uh, we're in, we're at gridlock. There's two mm -hmm. big silos. These two, really huge tribes and there's really no communication any insight how we break down those silos how we break down the walls between okay what what it is you can't just go out there with a club and beat them down okay <laughs> if you do what it is you're you're feeding the negative because that's what they want they want oh you're destroying oh you did this but the thing is uh, what you the power to realize that we are gods all in our own capability, because we are the creators. We create everything you see here. You know what is what is a what is an, uh, what is this world on a atom level? You can put your mm -hmm. hand right through. It's nothing. You know, it's just it's what we created in our minds. So if we're creating something, let's create something really good and get away from the fear. The fear is right. our problem. So uh, if we can stay in that balance and go forward, hey, that 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 will make the difference that will cut through it. We don't even have to worry about it because if we worry about it, what does that do? It's the law of attraction. Right. And it really you, is. Oh, you think about, Oh, this is going to happen. These people are going to do this. And you think about it now, this little thing that's over there now is, is, you know, as tall as a house. And then the more you worry about it now, it's as tall as a building. Uh, if you stop worrying about it, it disappears. It goes down, down, down little. Don't even think about it, but think, Oh, we're going to make this world and it's going to be, Things are going to start working together, and people are going to start working together. And and as long as we can work together, and especially coming together in like minds, we can make big changes in this world. Mm -hmm. And and this is the time for it right now. Yeah, and it it's exciting time. It's a wonderful time we live in. We chose <clears throat> to be here, and I say that people have these special gifts, and a lot of them uh, were born with these special gifts at this period of time to use them to help humanity. And because of things in their childhood, oh, you're not supposed to see this and you're not supposed right. to feel this. It's been beat out of them. Oh, they can do this. Oh, you can't. You can't do this. And been this beat out of them as children, they carry these boxes and have this, these little, all these gifts in these boxes that they've been carrying and usually on their back and they're like heavy weights. And they have to realize, hey, they are 
we are a creator gods and we have these gifts because we we are born with them. They're our gifts. Bring those special gifts out to help humanity. Yeah. And the thing I say is we're each so important because each one of us is that piece of the puzzle that makes right. the picture. And so we want to bring this out and and uh, and become our full self so we can do our work for all of us and we are all one. And that's what so that's exciting time. We we're blessed yeah, to right. be here. Yeah. Maybe we're right at the tipping point, even though it doesn't appear that way and we have this virus. Maybe that virus is gonna just vanish one day and maybe this tipping point comes where you know things well, become... I think it's like what Bill said, if you remove the fear, yeah, it doesn't have anything to subsist on. Right. Yeah, and you know it the virus is really a gift in the fact is that it stopped us and really made us reevaluate our purpose and our life. And gives us a chance to, are we going to ask for the spiritual uh, higher consciousness? Or are we just going to go back to our old way of doing right. things? And we have the, ch- they have not only that we have the choice and we have the chance and it's up to us. And if we, we don't do it, well, Hey, maybe in a, another 16,000 years and another cycle, we will, but yeah. <laughs> God, I hope it doesn't take that long. <laughs> we got the time we're here with the, the, the planets and everything is in place. The gates are starting to open and we're ready to go into this new consciousness and we can do it together. And yeah. it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And Bill, repeat, repeat for listeners, the uh, Facebook for the, for the meditation and your website info. Okay. Well, the mess, the website is mitchellhedges.com. Okay. And if you go to Facebook as, uh, they, the, we have some good people that are helping me with it. I'm not really good at that, but uh, they, uh, it's Dal Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull, and then there's the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull Meditation Group. And if you sign up for that, let's say we're going to have a meditation on the on the sixth of April. Well, they'll send you a message and say, "Oh, it's such and such a time." Okay. So then you just get in the Zoom room, and we're all together, no matter where you are in the world, and we have the skull right there. And you know, we work together, universal, you know, That's bring our great. minds together and work for the good things and the, make things happen good. And we need the good stuff. Let's get some good stuff out of Right, there. right. Well, thank you very much, Oh, Bill. this has been great. Can we, can we yeah. talk for another few hours? <laughs> Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Listen to the podcast at www.themysticalunderground.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Follow the blog, blog blog.synchrosecrets.com, or the book site, phenomena111.com. Send us an email, podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Oh, I'm at, Carol, I'm having fun. Are you? We're all having yeah. fun. This is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very glad to talk to you. And I yeah, Would really enjoyed it. you guys come back at some point? Sure. Okay. okay. Back again. Yeah. You, you, this has been just wonderful. So. Yeah. We're ready for adventure, right, Carol? Right. Bill, Bill, <laughs> yes, <do it>. Indiana. <laughs>
What he doesn't tell you is, you see, I'm the four-star hotel person. I stay in the hotel. <laughs> six, six paces right, two left, dig there. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is, you know, so many people go on there and they're, ah, oh, they're going to find this and they dig and dig and they're three feet away from it. And <laughs> all you have to do is have somebody like Carol say, okay, Bill, move over to the, to the right three feet. And then they get, there it is. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe she's sitting in a heart, uh, in a five-star hotel, but I sure appreciate her very much. What yeah. she does makes my life easier. So yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you both. Yeah. Well, thank you both. Oh, hey. we'll, we'll send you a link when it goes up. Uh, John, well, John, our technician, our yep. magic guy. You know that uh, Carol can tell you the secret of, where India, the movie Indiana Jones came from. Okay. Wow. So right next, well, she can do it oh, now if you time. want. Or next time. It's up to yeah, you. Yeah, let's save it for next time. Okay. <laughs>